These may be challenging times, but have hope and listen to the untold health stories about incredible people who have committed their lives to better their communities. Diverse health activists, direct medical providers, community organizers that are helping our communities to get healthier and stronger. Stories of local heroes during the pandemic and even before that proves over and over again that people can come together during times of need and make the world a better place. Stories you would never hear of, except at Healthcare Untold, hosted by Barbara Ann Garcia. Our guest today is Martha Nino. She's a senior marketer with Adobe and a published author of The Other Side, From a Shack to Silicon Valley. Uh, welcome, Martha, to Healthcare Untold. Thank you, Barbara Ann. I'm so glad to be here. Well, it's a great honor with us for having you with us today. You know, I just read your book and uh, it's called uh, From a Shack to Silicon Valley. And, you know, I just love the story vignettes about your life and your family's life. And um, it was, you know, it was just, it was simple to read, but Mm -hmm. so deep, so, so deep. Well, first of all, I'm just happy to be here. I'm glad you got the book and you've read it. And, you know, it is little vignettes, little stories, little memories, little reflections. And it's interesting how it all started because I work for a company named Adobe and it's a Photoshop company. It's ginormous, 25,000 employees. But I've been in the Silicon Valley industry over 25 years. And I never thought it was a big deal to come, like to be in that environment, to tell you the truth, because nobody ever told me it was a big deal. Um, until one day, I decided to actually talk about my story. And I, in a little vignette, I sent a little little um, admission, I like to call it, but to Adobe for a diversity conference. And I said, wow, if they're looking for diversity stories, let me tell them mine. <laughs> and I literally, because you know, I come from a, a shack in Mexico, and um, no electricity, no running water, lots of health problems, like all of that kind of stuff. But that's where I come from. And I'm like, God, if they only knew that people like us can act, are actually here. And um, and also, I always wanted to kind of talk and speak. But in my culture, nobody talks and speaks about anything. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of one of those things where, um, anyways, I did the talk and the rest is history. It's been about four years. And then I started posting on LinkedIn, um, which is such a random place to post, Mm -hmm. you know, little stories, little vignettes, little uh, reflections, and really all with the, the intention of letting people know that we can be human, we've had human moments, and we still can be at these amazing places. Fast forward to three years, I had enough vignettes and reflections and memories where I'm just like, well, Maybe we should write a book. And I had no idea how to do that. And like everything in my life, I have no idea how to do it. And I just reach out to people that might know and can help me. And with the guidance of really good people, again, another kind of um, another thing that's happened in my life, good people guide me to good things. And that's how the book came about. And uh, yeah, the other side from a shack to Silicon Valley is on Amazon and I'm trying to get it into schools. Um, I'm actually going to uh, be giving it to some clinics, believe it or not. So it's kind of weird how it's all, although these are reflections, I thought it was like a, you know, storytelling effort and it's turning out to be a big, bigger effort than I thought. It's a humanity effort. So whether it's a work, a work thing, a diversity and inclusion thing, a health thing, maybe a mental thing, you know, I don't know, but it's beautiful and I love it. 
Well, that's so wonderful. <laughs> and what a great opportunity um, in living in the Silicon Valley, where it really was a farm community, and mm-hmm. then being able to kind of follow the way that the whole valley went, right? I remember and, it. I remember mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Cherry orchards and apricot yeah. orchards. And yeah, no, it's been interesting to kind of see it. I'm, I'm 50 years old and I've been here since I was like, you know, two. And so I've seen it from kind of the feels like the ground up. Like it was weird <laughs> to kind yeah. of see all those buildings pop up. And but yeah, I feel like I've kind of grown with it. So tell us a little bit about what your feelings are about Latinos and trying to get into technology, because mm-hmm. um, as I say, we have to harness that technology for our community. So share with us a little bit of your thoughts about that. Well, you know, it depends on the Latinos. I I, I always say all, there's different people are different ways. We all grow different, grow up in different manners and different places. I mean, there might be Latinos that know about these industries like technology and, you know, they, they go through the kind of the standard path, you know, whether it's in their country or this country and, you know, maybe they're a little bit well off, but there's other Latinos. And I think it's like 40% of us that are not well off, you know, maybe even more than that at the schools. And we have, you know, our, our surroundings, our apricot fields, our cherry orchards, our, our, some, our, you know, uh, fabricas, you know, anything else other than tech. Like the only thing we're in tech for is sometimes, you know, to do other things other than tech. Maybe it's working in the kitchen. Maybe it's cleaning the offices. I mean, uh, so I think that the lack of exposure in these tech environments is what's really kind of limiting us. And so for me, to say, I am here, I've been here, you know, decades, and um, hopefully it gives people a little bit of hope that even though they don't have those standard paths, and I didn't, I mean, I was dirt poor, you know, dirt poor, I got kicked out of high school, I mean, my parents, you know, second grade and sixth grade educations, they were not good, you know, they, they were not going to enter these environments, so um, with the kindness of somebody else that was blue, blue-eyed and blonde hair and an amazing woman named Beth, uh, when I was a kid, when I was 14 years old, when I started working for her, she um, was working in the back of a warehouse and, with my mother, actually, earning $3.35 an hour. And I was really, really bad at working at the you know, warehouse. And you probably read this in the book, but uh, she didn't fire me. She said, well, why don't you just come over here and help me do this other thing in the front of the office? And that was the first time anybody in my family line had ever entered an office, you know, that was to do something other than clean it. And that that was a big, you know, life-changing moment. So whether it's a tech industry or any other environment that, you know, is an office type of environment, um, I feel like exposure is key. And for me, just getting in there and um, learning from this woman was started to make me feel comfortable with it. And I think that exposure as early as possible is critical. And once once we start realizing that, we're like, oh, okay, maybe I can be that. And that's why I'm so passionate about talking about this. Well, I always think about the phone. Yeah. And that is like our closest technology for our community. And um, I always wonder how we can even make it more powerful for us. 
Yeah, well, first we got to get comfortable with technology, I think, in general, you know, and you're absolutely right. I think, you know, different levels of technology knowledge are out there depending on, you know, where you're from. But the kids, I mean, these kids know how to work the phones better than us, right? So, but I like, I like where you're going with it because I think that the phone um, you know, maybe there's an app that we can create that, you know, talks, you're, you're thumbing me up, you know, that, it, that talks about, okay, you know, um, first generation Latino uh, tips and tricks or, you know, finance, finance must know for um, person entering this environment, or uh, maybe it's interview interview reviews, you know, for, for just a community that might need a little bit more um, support. So, and it's at the palm of their hand. That's right. It's at the palm of their hand all the time. So hopefully, you know, more folks put out their knowledge into uh, platforms that are digital so that we can have access, you know, that'd be amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's go back to your book because I just think that um, so many people think about writing their own book, right. About their life, but yours Mm -hmm. is really, what I really liked about it is that we got to know your family and, you know, one of the, um, one of your ones that one of the vignettes that I really liked was. (laughs) Yes. Talk to us about that part. Cause I think you, you mentioned it a little bit. Yeah, you know, shh was an interesting <laughs> and shh as in be quiet, right? So look, let's let's just start there. Um, I was born in Mexico in like um, Zacatecas, which is a center state. It's a big state, um, but I was born in um, a little farm, no electricity, no running water. I think I said that. But um, when my parents decided to come to the United States, you know, an immigrant story, you know, it was because it wasn't because of anything fancy or anything like that. We had nothing. I mean, my parents picked cotton for a living. They picked cotton and there was no way that they were going to raise this little girl, AKA me over, you know, on cotton salary. Right. So what do they do? They decide they're going to leave. And the advice they were given was to shh, like, don't get caught, basically. Don't say anything wrong. Do everything you're told, and you'll be all right. And that was, like, the, the number one advice from the moment they left Mexico. So, you know, leaving Mexico with a, no documents, they they walked along the border hills of San Diego. And I couldn't come with them because um, I was going to make too much noise. I was a kid. So, shh, again, right? Uh, so I was given to an American lady to pass as her daughter. And then we'd hope that, you know, we'd reunite on the other side. And again, everything's around silence. You know, my parents had to be silent sneaking into the border. Um, you know, obviously I was I was a kid and, you know, needed to go. I, I would mess it up for the people if I went with them. So I had to come in a different way. And then once we got to where we got, which was in Fremont, California, here in the East Bay, we didn't end up in LA like a lot of our family members because my my grandfather was working here. So we go where the work is. And again, the advice was just once you land your job, any job, any job, just don't complain about it because you are not picking cotton anymore. This is a better life already. So shh, don't complain, head down. And so that was kind of a theme for, I would say most of our, since the moment we are babies, just don't say anything, don't say anything. And unfortunately, I think, you know, a lot of people are taken advantage of, you know, because of this. And we're kind of trained to not say anything because we're not supposed to be here because we don't belong, because we're, 
you know, not wanted or, you know, very, very sad, but we, we, we don't say anything. I think culturally, we just are not uh, taught to talk about things. And then you add this on top of it, and we're really not talking. So the fact that I'm talking, I'm sure kind of shocks people that I'm talking about, oh, yeah, smuggled, smuggled across the board. Oh, yeah, this and that. Oh, yeah, you're in the Valley and you, you were kicked out of high school where I'm around people from Harvard and Stanford. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm smart. Yeah. You know, we can be, we can, it takes all kinds, right? So uh, anyways, uh, what I'm trying to get at is my whole childhood and my parents' life, they were, we were all taught to just shh, not say anything, even yeah. though there was injustices, even though um, maybe the environment wasn't the best, even though maybe we were being taken advantage of. Uh, because this is the reason, because we could lose everything that we risked our lives, our lives. Remember, not everybody makes it across the border, That's right. our lives. So this is a life and death situation. We are not going to risk anything to lose that. That's right. That's right. I just thought that vignette was so powerful. Um, yeah. And that silence being broken by your family in later yeah. in later part of their life well yeah and so I, I, actually when i was um doing that talk at adobe which wasn't so long ago my mom even she was still this is just four years ago and i'm already you know 40 something years old and she's like you're really gonna talk about <laughs> everything because remember we grew up in a shh environment right. and i said yeah i am and she was, she was actually kind of scared to death of it, you know, and there I am in like, you know, in front of the CEO talking about coming from a grass shack and my mom's right next to him. And she's probably like, oh my God, what if they throw tomatoes at her, you know, <laughs> but, or she gets fired or whatever, but, you know, it was actually quite the contrary and it's yeah. been really beautiful to get embraced. And for my mother to see that, you know, the story can, her story can, is so powerful and we can come from a cotton field and eventually end up in front of the, you know, right next to the CEO and actually Gloria Stefan was in the back. Like we can do all of this amazing, we need to dream really big. And, and it's amazing once we break the power, the, you know, the shh, the shh that we've been taught what might actually happen. And so now that I kind of have broken that, that silence, it kind of excites me to see what can actually happen. And therefore I keep talking more. And so that's why I'm here, Barbara Ann. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> and you know, um, our community is growing in leaps and bounds. Um, yeah. And the numbers are just talking for us in many ways, right? Yeah. Uh, there was an article that just came out about Texas having the la highest, they called a Hispanic population, um, but California is the same. And so we're going to see this trend of so many Latinos and the ability to kind of break that shh and break yeah. those boundaries for people yeah. to in our communities Um it's going to be really beautiful to watch, I think, in the future. And I think it's going to be people like yourself who are going to help Thank you. bring that pathway for so many people. And, you know, um, you talked about that opportunity of mentors and uh, and opportunities coming to you, you yeah. know, and that's what I think our role is now is really trying to provide as many opportunities for people yeah. as possible, opening the doors for others as others opened for, for us. Yeah, and I think, you know, opportunity is a big thing because if one thing, if there's one thing I think immigrants do well, 
is that, uh, or pe people from underserved communities, once we have that opportunity is, um, or we need to do better at, I should say, um, is to maximize that opportunity. Like literally, literally Barbara Ann, I was given 14 minutes on a stage four years ago, 14 minutes, I could have ended it there. Right. Like it could have been a done deal. Instead, I decided, huh, you know what, I'm going to write a little on LinkedIn. And that grew into something Then I started my own podcast and I started a book. And then I've been speaking at schools. And it's like, what else can I do? What else can I do? What else? So that taking that one opportunity. And, you know, if you kind of look at it in my mom's perspective, coming to the United States, yes, she worked at you know, in a field, and then she worked in a factory, and then, you know, she maybe got a car, and then maybe, you know, something big, so it, it, it's whatever bigger is for that person, so um, anyways, I think we should maximize every opportunity we have, just look at, like, okay, how can I do this better, can it be better, and then, you know, once that ends, then, you know, cha then change it up, you know, right. but I think it's important for us to maximize those opportunities. Yeah, you know, I learned from my dad. He was a, a inventor, I believe, um, and uh, he worked in the naval shipyards in in San Diego. And mm -hmm. so uh, one day, I saw him with a blank piece of paper. Yeah. I, I saw him drawing, and you know, I was I saw I sat with him, and I was like, I wonder what he's doing, right? So uh -huh. I said, Hey, Dad, what are you, what are you doing? He goes, I'm building a new lock for the scaffolding because we all have to go up these, you know, he would work on these big carriers that were 20 floors up. And he yeah. he developed and invented a lock for the scaffolding that he later got, I'm sure if he was in private industry, he would have done so well, but he was a public servant. And yeah. he got an award that he was so proud of. Um, but he taught me what to do with a blank piece of paper, right? Yeah. And I feel like our communities are, dreamers and we're also creators and inventors and if we agree mm -hmm, if we just had that opportunity to kind of break open in some of these industries and we have um yeah. you you talked about i think in the linkedin piece i i just uh read about the flaming uh <laughs> or something right so you had an yes. opportunity to talk to an inventor right and yeah that, you know, that's and exactly just, it hot cheetos that's what it is. Hot Cheetos. So if anybody's listening to this, if you don't know, I mean, the inventor of the Hot Cheetos was a janitor. To your point, you know, it, it, the best ideas can come from the, you know, most random places, places you might not know. This is why I think it's important to reach out, cast your net out, because you don't know where the ideas might come from. Exactly. Exactly. You might not see, I mean, your dad did, you know, invented that. I mean, uh, Richard Montañez invented the hot cheetos, a billion dollar in a billion dollar brand. Right. Like, ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> Just because you add a little spice, that's what we do. It make value. We add spice to that <laughs> to that empty piece of paper. Well, let's let's um talk about what, what kind of wisdom could you pass on as we close off our podcast to the listening audience, kind of inspire us a little bit, Martha, because you're an inspirational oh, person. Oh, well, thank you. You know, I, I said, I, so I have a little logo. I mean, that day that I, I spoke on at Adobe, I was wearing this pink shirt. It's, it's kind of a weird story, but I was wearing a pink shirt because originally I was wearing an orange one and the orange one had sweat marks and I need to change the pink shirt. Kind of silly, but I think it was kind of fate that it happened because the, the pink shirt that I had uh, had these nice like flowy arms and it looked like a butterfly. Mm -hmm. And that video has been circulated thousands and thousands and thousands of times, which was the inspiration to my logo, a butterfly. And so I kept looking at this logo 
and this butterfly and I'm like, it just doesn't look right. It just doesn't look right. And um, I needed to add a break to the wing. I mm. needed to add a break to the wing. And, and to me, and so what I decided um, it meant, so I don't know if you know, I think it's called Kintsugi, which is a Japanese uh, tradition where if something is broken, they don't throw it away. They actually just, they, they put it back together with a gold. Like imagine a vase, they put it back together with like a little gold glue, whatever. And it's, it's a um, representation that we are not disposable, even though we're broken. Yeah. And so I put on the, um, the post, embrace your brokenness and you will be complete. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about inspiration. I don't know. I think kind of cheesy. I used to think like how I thought was kind of cheesy to tell you the truth. And, um, and now that I'm like, no, it's not, che- it's not cheesy. It, may, it might be poetic. Maybe it might inspire somebody. Right. And so nothing is silly. Nothing is silly. It works for us. So I, I do think, so going back to the quote, embrace your brokenness and you'll be complete. Um, I actually started embracing my brokenness, you know, all my faults, uh, everything that I was as imperfect as I was, whether I come from a shack, whether I come from uh, an uneducated family, whether I was kicked out of school, that's all me. Those are all little breaks in my wings, right? And it's all me. And there I was with these flowy pink blouse, you know, (laughs) that represented a a butterfly. And, um, And that was not a lie. That was who I was. And I think once I came clean with that, um, it's, everything else is easy because you're not hiding anymore. That's right. You've broken that shh. You bro- you've broken the shh. That's right. You're not, you have nothing to hide. You don't have to beat around the bush. You don't have to say, oh, how, what am I going to tell her? No, no, no. What you see is what you get. That's and right. I, and I, I honestly feel very light you know, very light, like, you know, they always talk about imposter syndrome and things like that. You ain't going to get imposter syndrome out of me mm-hmm. because um, that's not how I add value. How I add value is by those breaks, by that, all of the things that I've gone through as a child, as an adolescent, as a young adult, as a young professional that maybe went wrong were all, all actually lessons. Um, and even if they went right, okay, that was a lesson too. So now I'm trying to live my life with, okay, what lesson was I, what lesson is the universe, God, or whatever you believe in trying to teach me by going through this? And it's kind of helped me move some things along. That's great. Well, we're yeah. such a, it's such an honor to have you with us today for, for a period of time. And I, I pre- it's very precious. And uh, I just want to thank uh, Martha Nino and uh, get her book, The Other Side, From a Shack to Silicon Valley. Thank you so much get for your book. time today. De nada. Saludos. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Healthcare Untold. Healthcare Untold. Healthcare untold.